Welcome to Follow Your Kind Podcast, a show where we explore the meaning of kindness and how we get to follow it in our daily lives. My name is Christina and I'm your host. Hi, hi, beautiful souls. Happy, happy new year. Thank you for joining. And uh, I'm very excited about our guest today. What a better way to start a new year than with a strong, powerful, and passionate individual who has been living his values for a very long time and speaking his truth every single day. And his name is Dominic Thompson. Many of you know Dominic from his appearance on Rituals podcast as well as, well as many other podcasts. His, he has also been uh, featured on NPR's news and ABC news and Men's Health magazine, Men's Muscle and Fitness magazine, Esquire, Veg News magazine, Bodybuilding.com, P. He has recently been on the cover of the Bright magazine from London and he has traveled the United States and the world giving speeches about um, the power of masculinity and, and veganism and uh, uh, diversity standing up for the rights of uh, the farm animals uh, who are being mistreated nationwide and internationally. I have first, um, as I said, uh, heard about Dominic from the Rituals podcast, and then I had the privilege of meeting him in person at one of the pen panels that he did with some of his other partners in crime and plant-based nutrition and athletics here in Atlanta, and uh, we have become friends since then, and it was an absolute privilege um, talking to him today and recording this interview for you, so I'm very excited to bring this to you. Hope you enjoy your kind podcast and today is my lucky day because I have Dominic Thompson as a guest of the show. Um, I'm sure many of you know Dominic Thompson. He does not need an introduction. He's uh, a leader of the vegan community, the founder of Crazies and Weirdos, Eat What Elephants Eat, um, several other uh, brands. He's a social entrepreneur and just a wonderful human being and the kind and humble person that I've gotten to know that I'm very grateful for. So welcome to the show, Dominic. Thank you for having me. <clears throat> so first things first, please tell us about your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> My beautiful Kryptonian daughter. Uh, she She's about 11 pounds. Uh, she landed about 12 years ago in a spaceship. Um, after I landed and stuff. So yeah, she had a little red cape wrapped around her and uh, <laughs> she's been uh, been the rock in my life and that energy in my life. Uh, she's truly uh, one of a kind, uh, beautiful uh, little fur uh, fur baby. Yeah, she's, she's the love of my life for sure. Yeah. And tell us her name. Her name is, uh, so... Her superhero name is Scruff McFly. That's what a lot of people <laughs> online know her as. Her government name is Soka. She uh, was named after the Caribbean dance in St. Thomas because that's where uh, uh, the original spaceship landed that birthed her per se. <laughs> but <laughs> in all seriousness, yeah, she uh, was born. She's an Islander girl, and she was rescued as a puppy by my mother there. And my mom named her Soka. And, uh, and I would was fortunate enough for her to come in my life uh, when I came uh, back into society after 
uh, doing a stint in prison. So yeah, we, we found each other at the right time. It was a great healing process for me. Yeah. That is really beautiful. And actually, that's uh, what I originally wanted to start our conversation with. I'm sure many of the listeners have uh, heard your story from many other beautiful podcasts from The Ritual and The Main Street Vegan and uh, The Hen House uh, about your just incredible story that cannot be put into the short summary. But um, I think from what, what I've gotten from it and one of the moments that I was most interested in is that moment of you coming back and, and healing from all of the hurtful experiences that you had. And as you said, coming back to the society after making this uh, serious internal decision to make a transition. And Soka played an incredibly important role for you at that moment. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, she did. Uh... I, when I re-enter society, I was at a place, I was lost, uh, not knowing uh, what my future was going to look like. I mean, I, I was pretty much uh, transitioning from being gone for uh, uh, close to three years to re-entering into a very fast-paced environment. Uh, and I took some adjusting, and I was very angry with myself for the decision I made, the decisions I made to uh, put me in that situation because I had to start from scratch, and I was unemployed. Uh, I was just at a very hard place in my life and hit rock bottom. Uh, and so she came into my life after I was able to get out of the halfway house and finally found employment. But I was still on curfew. Uh, I had to be at home at 6 p.m. And I was only allowed to leave at 6 a.m. to go to work or whatever I needed to do before work. Uh, and I needed to be back home at 6 p.m. So I was placed on curfew as, a, as uh, the conditions of my release. Uh, and bear in mind, back then, we didn't have social media. We didn't have... Uh, we didn't have these different distractions. We didn't even have like these apps and these crazy smartphones. We just had a whole, uh, only thing we had at that time for a distraction, it was like cable and blockbuster video, you know? <laughs> uh, and so my life was basically work, work. Uh, I was able to get back. I was able to get into healthcare and uh, work this job. And she came into my life. Like I said, when I was trying to figure out, and adjust because I was going through, it felt like depression. Um, uh, I was just trying to really figure out my life and figure out still me. I was just basically still adjusting. And my mom, so when my mom uh, brought her back to the States, she was a puppy and she would uh, be, the, she was just this little pretty little puppy, this little <laughs> fur ball. And she did not get along well with the other dogs in the house that my mom had with her husband. Uh, her husband had three chihuahuas that was pretty uh, aggressive towards her, and they would fight all the time. They would pick on her because she was the new kid on the block. She was this youngster and not even of the same breed as her. They did not like her at all. And my mom would always, like, uh, cuddle her and put her in the bed and and... Her husband did not like that. He's like, no, she gets in the bed, they all get in the bed. So they used to fight about it all the time. And and I, there I was, when my mom told me about it was going back and forth, 
like legitimately arguing about this situation. I was like, why don't you just bring it to me? Uh, and I didn't know what type of breed it was. I was like, bring it to me, uh, and I will, uh, I will, you know, she can stay with me till she gets older to defend herself and not raise it. Cause I, I raised German shepherds before. I don't, I guess in the back of my mind, I thought I was going to get like a German shepherd again <laughs> before I volunteer <laughs> for this. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Uh, but here I was, uh, cause I had my own place. I had this, uh, three bedroom apartment on the West side of Chicago, uh, I was I was lonely, and I I have time on my hand to deal with this, and um, um, and I said, "Bring it to me," and I got an empty place to myself. And she opened up that door. She came over, opened up that door. It was on a Saturday, and I looked my mom like, "Where's she at?" And I looked down. It's this little bitty <laughs> creation. It looks. It, it felt like a Pixar Disney movie. These big old eyes looked up at me and they opened up and I reached down and grabbed her and put in my hand and and I looked at her. She looked at me and it's almost as if she was saying the words like, are you going to be my dad like now or like, you know, because <laughs> no one wants me and I'm like bouncing around like I'm, I went from being on the island to being terrorized by these uh, chihuahuas that don't like me. They treat me like I'm an outsider to you know, I don't know what, I'm, she was transitioning too, trying to figure it out, and it's just like, that was the first time I just looked at her, and I looked at my mom, and I just chuckled and smiled, and that was the first time my mom seen the smile on my face as I came back home, and it, and it wow. brought tears to her eyes to see that her son, who has been through a lot, uh, smiled again, like, I mean, like, it instantly renewed uh, that energy in me, that it really showed a different uh, a vibration uh, from what was inside of me already that people know today. And that was the start of something that uh, transitioned me to the man I am today. Yeah, it was. That is so beautiful. I have like goosebumps, and I've heard this story before from <laughs> you, but I have goosebumps. Um, I think um, it sounds like similar to experiences that some of people have like seeing their child for the first time or experiencing unconditional love for the first time because I think it changes you on the, on the very core level. It, it, gets, it sparks up something inside of your heart, but it also allows you to feel this love and see this love in other people and, and animals as well. Absolutely. because you took, I took on this a different role. Like I didn't have uh, my, my life at that point was just go to work and figure out myself and really continue to self heal yeah. and to adjust to like I, a lot, a lot for people that never been locked up for that long amount of a time, when you reenter into society, even being in the car makes you nauseous for some of us. Like it's just hearing the radio, hearing all of that stuff, see how fast these cars move. It's really interesting to see how the human body adjusts back to a very fast paced world that has been moving 100 miles per hour while you've been idle mm -hmm. uh, that entire time and so it was just a lot it was just so much information coming to me so much that i had to learn i had to learn how to use a smartphone and uh, uh and those weren't even really smartphones today they were smart enough where it was just very challenging uh and so i had to learn how to use those things and learn how to do text messaging uh and um it was just a whole different life and she came into and i was just able to really 
become I came a, became a dad. Like originally the plan was to give her back, but we fell we we bonded like Batman and Robin or Superman and uh, Crypto. You know, we was just partners in crime. Be, <laughs> you know, and she taught me a lot about myself. Just like I learned a lot about myself in the prison system, I learned a lot of my about myself with her because yeah. a lot of people. Uh, you know, they go out here, whether they buy dogs or rescue dogs or find stray dogs, they'll give them a, a shelter, a home, some food, and they'll have their own busy life. They don't always spend time with their little ones. I was, I was lucky enough. Uh, this is a, this is actually a good thing. Me being on curfew for a few years was able to uh, come straight home from work. Uh, and spend quality time with this little one because I had nothing else to do. I wasn't not, not in, I didn't have, I don't have kids. I don't I, I wasn't married. Or I had no relationship or nothing like that. So I was able to slide through the house, do hide and seek, wrestle. I would wrestle on the floor with her like I'm the big dog, and we would just fight. We like play fight and stuff. And, like she looked at me like I'm dad, like the alpha, and she'd jump on me, and we really grew that bond where she understood me and my ways, and I understood her. So. It was a great, I think, a great experience for both of us. Those first two years, we set a, a bond that's forever um, solid and, and endearing to this day. Yeah. That is really cool. Do you think, and I know that you have made a decision to go vegan before you met her, but do you think that the, the connection that you felt to her, um, you were able to use that as kind of the precedent of then expanding your love to other animals as well and being able to establish connections with other animals because i see you post uh these beautiful pictures of you with different other goats or or um farm animals from the farm sanctuaries and it really like even from the picture you can see that you're not just standing there by the animal smiling mm. and holding a peace sign yeah. but you're there for a purpose and it's like you're having this conversation with an animal that kind of goes beyond just like language and padding but it's almost like on the soul frequency level which is even from you can see through the picture yeah uh, thank you for observing that uh w w one thing though i i wasn't vegan before her meaning uh i i think a lot of people because there's a lot of terminology in the community mm -hmm. i was vegetarian okay. meaning uh, 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 i was plant-based vegetarian that's when I, I stopped eating meat 17 years ago i didn't go vegan uh, until uh, uh, shortly after, until uh, uh, I actually uh, moved into, uh, made that decision to move to New York. Uh, and that was like close to uh, eight years ago. Uh, so yeah, I was vegetarian at that time. I was still primarily vegan based with my food, but I didn't, the reason why I, I, on high, looking back on it, why I wasn't vegan at the time, because I didn't know about the dairy industry. I just was ignorant to it. And, mm -hmm. I, and I go on record, tell people all the time, I thought I was a, I thought I was vegan enough by not eating meat, but I, I didn't think to look at the ingredients of like, I didn't know dairy was a problem. I didn't know the process behind it because I didn't educate myself on it at the mm -hmm. time. I thought I, edu I thought I had enough education um, on uh, just removing animals from my my lifestyle, which is the meat part, not knowing that, no, there's byproducts of it. So uh, so that's w one thing I, I, I want to be very clear on mm -hmm. with people. Uh, so, uh, But in terms of her, uh, 
she certainly, my relationship with her certainly uh, brought out my original skill uh, that I had since a little boy, which was to be able to read um, energy. Uh, it's something that I've been like, had since I was a little boy, I always knew it. Uh, it used to always, it was kind of, I was almost, almost I was afraid of it at one point, but yeah, I would always be able to see like the energy in someone and know if it's genuine, if it's good, if it's harmful, if it's bad. Um, I, I can really read situations very well and I've been having that uh, skill since I was a little boy, but she tapped back into that because that, I totally didn't get a chance to really fully develop it as an adult, you know, because so much been going on. But mm-hmm. uh, with her and learning her and her ways, uh, I really mastered it during that during her, that first two years of uh, raising her to this uh, amazing dog, to this amazing adult, uh, and uh, and so now when you see me travel, like. That's legit. You see the photos I do post is me either volunteering at a sanctuary. In my free time, I volunteer at sanctuaries. Or when I'm traveling, I do my very best to carve out some time in that area to visit that local sanctuary. Because to me, me supporting that sanctuary is, is just as important as me supporting a small vegan, uh, vegan business uh, brand and stuff like that. Because uh, without me showing the world that this is what's happening uh, with respect to animals being rescued, uh, how will people know? And, and how will people be educated by it? So that's very important to me. And you're right, it's never it's never a staged photo. It's all uh, organic, it's all uh, um, like a candid type of photo that someone might have snapped on me uh, just having a uh, conversation with these animals. I have like my own little bond with them each one of them and i remember them when i go back to visit them they remember me so, uh and they sis i allow them to come to me i don't force it and 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 it's just it's a unique it's a unique way of um uh communicating with animals that i think everybody if they had if they have the time to carve out to do should definitely go visit the local sanctuary and take the time to learn and understand those animals specifically because uh, you'll be surprised what world of thoughts taken open your your mind up to for sure yeah I think what stands out to me is just like the way you talk about your poor daughter and what I'm what I'm hearing and what I'm sure the listeners are hearing is really the personality behind that and really yeah, the individuality yeah, 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 of that yeah, yeah. and I think that what stands out to me when when you connect this is probably the, the good word to use is whether you go to the farm centers and you connect with those other individuals who happen to be wearing animal bodies Correct. and then the way you talk about them you know they by the, naming them by their name maybe describing something about them really brings out that individual component of the being that i think gets absolutely demolished once they become a part of the farm industry and yeah. it just completely takes the heart of the heart of, of, out of the whole process. Absolutely, yeah. Some of my best interactions with, and we're animals too. People, I don't. I think sometimes we are so busy with life, we don't realize we're animals mm-hmm. ourselves. Uh, but some of my best interactions with animals, human or not, has been with uh, uh, 
four-legged animals per se, mammals and land animals, and specifically farm animals. They are truly a unique um, group of individuals, for sure. Mm -hmm. They are, and they have the same energy in their bodies as we do. And I think that's what a lot of us need to really understand, that they're no different than us. Uh, just they have a different shell than we do, physically speaking. Uh, and there's different levels of intelligence, without a doubt. But at the end of the day, they see like we do. They have a face like we do. Uh, they want to live just as much as we do. Uh, they like to eat like we do. Uh, and they have the same energy behind them like we do. So, yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. So I know for for you, for sure, and for me as well, the question, why are you vegan, is not a brainer. But can you tell people why are you vegan? And then where what, when was the point of decision and why? How do you tr transition from vegetarian to vegan? Yeah, again, 17 years ago, I made that decision when I was in prison. My first week there, I decided to not eat meat anymore. It stemmed from a original. I was trying to figure out, <clears throat> I was in my jail cell, I was on my knees, trying to figure out why, why. Could it, for every cause, there is a why, and for every action, there is consequences. I get that. That's reality. That's just science. Uh, but I was just trying to figure out my own place in that timeline a personal timeline and what exactly the universe was trying to show me at that time so i opened my my mind up i, I got on my knees I'm, I'm i'm not religious by any means but i am spiritual um, i do believe in a higher energy and a higher source um, and multiple infinite energies and, and i believe energy itself is infinite uh, infinite and i open up my energy my my brain waves and everything, myself, opened up myself, made myself vulnerable to this this energy to figure out, to have a like a, a conversation about, so what now? I'm here. Like, because I was removed from society for a reason. And everything pointed to that memory when I was eight years old, uh, the infamous memory of me uh, sitting across the table uh, from my mom. Uh, serving me chicken wings, and I looked at those chicken wings as if they was arms, and I pushed back, and it was at that moment I decided that I didn't want that, and my mother fought over it. She eventually compromised, and she made some adjustments and fed me a lot of fish uh, sticks and stuff, and uh, and so that was a temporary mask of a memory. Uh, temporary, that temporary mask my curiosity of exactly what was the source of where this food was coming from. Mm -hmm. um, and I, and I'm not even kidding you, sitting on my knees in my cell, that memory just popped in my head like a light bulb and I just instantly got it. It's like clicked. Uh, it, it, it made sense that, because uh, I believe in karma and I believe that this was the universe bringing me back because no matter your age, this is my belief, my personal belief that if the universe shows you something, you are it's, it's your responsibility to see through it, no matter your age. You need to go down that door, open that door up, and go down that hole, that rabbit hole, however you want to define it. Because if you don't, it's going to come back and get you in some way that you're going to be totally caught off guard about. It could be a, a financial stress. It could be a loss of a job, loss of a loved one. Uh, it could be a loss of, in some scenarios, your own life. I, I, I really believe in that. Uh, I didn't get my life taken. It, it damn near got taken that night when I was in, arrested for sure. Uh, but this is my 
my second chance to, uh, to get it right and to understand my place in this universe. And I made that decision, like, I get it. Never to adopt that mantra I created, which was, if it requires harm, then nah. You know, like, I don't want any part of it. And that has anything to do with uh, any industry destroying any type of life form. Uh, and Or even me going back into the uh, into selling drugs and doing stuff like that. I didn't want nothing to do with any negative energy. And I did a hard reset, and I never looked back, and that was 17 years ago. Uh, and so it was for 10 years, I was vegetarian, uh, uh, and that I didn't go full on vegan and transition full on vegan until, uh, I was able to, uh, I was in corporate America at the time <clears throat> and I finally had some downtime to really find out more information about the dairy industry. Uh, uh, and, and it was then, this is what was the trigger? It was a excuse me. It was a couple of triggers. Uh, one, uh, different articles started coming out, uh, different documentaries. Um, I can't remember exactly how Earthlings got introduced in my life. I can't remember. I cannot go on record and say, yeah, I remember why I went to go looking for Earthlings. But I did see Earthlings, and I did un unveil this mask, and and then under and I and I. Before Earthlings, though, I went down a rabbit hole of dairy in, in general. I'm just like, you know, it was just different information and, and social media and Facebook started. That's the beautiful thing about social media. Uh, and, and a lot of different um, uh, platforms or a lot of different ways of communicating information started hitting me from news articles to internet gossip and stuff like that. We didn't have Instagram at the time. We did have Facebook. Uh, but a lot of different information about dairy just started coming out. And I, and, I, and I remember just sitting at my desk at work and I was like, you know, I never went down a full rabbit hole. Like I finally had some time. I was so busy trying to get back on my feet and I thought I was doing enough. I was advocating for animals as a vegetarian. I was one of those vegetarians like, leave animals alone. <laughs> 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 Not realizing, like, dummy, but you haven't been to Jerry's. <laughs> totally thought it was okay to have been to Jerry's. Totally thought it was okay to have a slice of pizza. Uh, but don't you dare put that steak and chicken in front of me. We're going to have a problem. I'm going to want to educate you about it. It's so funny looking back on it. Because, again, we didn't have the doms of the world. We didn't have the influences. We didn't have YouTube. We didn't have none of this information nutritional fact we didn't have no we didn't have no science behind the back in it and we didn't even have the uh credible uh information that went into those uh, uh those industries with hidden cameras until earthlings came out and when earthlings came out that just like it was like overnight like what i've been supporting this this whole time like how because again i had enough time to go down a rabbit hole and i went overnight like yo and i remember uh my girlfriend at the time, she she was vegetarian. We both were vegetarian, but she was vegetarian longer than I was since she was a teenager. And I remember telling her like, you know, all that dairy it got to go. Like your yogurts, get that get that out the fridge. That shit's got to go. No eggs, none of that. We ain't doing none of that no more. You know, none of that stuff is happening. Um, and that was, uh, she was like, "What are you talking about?" We like, I mean, we. We was fighting over. I was like, all of that got to go. So that was like my transition to learning, like truly 
Um, and that's why I would say I went plant-based before then because I don't, in hindsight, I don't consider myself before I went vegan, like me being a vegetarian. Yeah, I was an advocate for animals, but I still was plant-based. I didn't understand the fabric side when it came to animal products. I didn't understand the dairy side. I didn't understand reading a box of ingredients. We didn't have what we these kids or people now turn vegan have. You know, it's different. It's a different form of communication. Then we just didn't have it. Yeah. And a lot of us uh, thought we was doing enough. We thought we only thing we had relying on as far as information was magazines. Magazines are still a big deal. We relied on them for information or the nightly news. We just didn't have the dark web like like we wanted to. Sure, mm -hmm. it was out there, but it wasn't out there like it is now. You know what I mean? So yeah. yeah. For so you get out, um, you transition back to life. You work several years in the corporate America in healthcare industry. You you make the transition to uh, veganism. When does the activism part come into it? Yeah. So I. Again, I've been advocating for animals all 17 years of being uh, meat-free from the, the days of being a vegetarian, plant-based vegetarian, to the days of going full vegan. I will always educate people about just leave animals alone. Uh, uh, not even aggressively. I still was that assertive dom. I still was telling people, and even in the prison system, uh, and they'll, when I would trade my meat protein for the carbs, and they'll ask me, why, man, are you crazy? Why are you, are you a weirdo? Like, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> And in, in, in a sincere way, they wasn't saying it in a disrespectful way. Like, mm -hmm. man, you're a damn weirdo. And I was like, man, like, that's some weird stuff, dog. Why are you doing that? And I'd be sincere with them back. Like, it comes from death, man. That's negative energy. I don't want negative energy in my temple, in my body. You know what I mean? I don't want that. And the funny I didn't know if I was going to wither away or not. All I know, this is my way of showing the universe I'm ready. Like, mm -hmm. I, I ain't playing no games. Like, I don't want any negative stuff happening i if i can not if i can control it if i can see it and i control it it's in within my control and management i i would i would make sure that i would not be a part of it and so i've been doing that from the days of the prison system to me being on the weight pound because i was one of the strong i became one of the strongest guys in my specific prison because we would have liftoffs and all that to even in corporate america when i came back home and and was able to get into corporate America and climb that ladder. As I climbed and got promoted and climbed the, the ladder, I would educate my peers, other executives, um, even try to have more plant-based options and stuff like that. But again, I, I didn't know the dairy part was mm -hmm. something. And then we had a big acquisition and they asked me to go to New York. And um, uh, so I, then that's when I went to New York and that's when I... During that transition, um, New York is really what brought out the more assertive Dominic you guys know today when I moved there. Because it's something, and I don't want to sound like a movie, but it's real. Uh, and I come from Chicago, just, just as big as the city as New York, and I, I love my city. But it's something about New York, the jungle, the energy, the people, the diversity, the culture, the struggle. Being on that little ass island, uh, the hustle, uh, really transform you into a different person. Really open your eyes up to a lot of shit, mm -hmm. and, and and really inspires you in a lot of way. And it was there that I really, really took it to the next level, and, and 
really a full log came digging, you know, like as soon as I hit the ground running. Is yeah. that how the idea for Crazy and the Weirdos came out there? Yeah, Crazy and mm -hmm. the Weirdos came from uh, New York. Uh, all, all my ideas, everything about me uh, that you guys seen uh, over the years came from my experience in New York. I owe that a lot to live in New York. I lived in New York almost seven years. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and that was uh, a very critical part of my, uh, my time life, for sure. That is amazing, and um, so maybe let's transition to what do you have on your plate today, and uh, the all the amazing things that you've started and you're working on today. So there's crazies and weirdos. There's eat what elephants eat, and you also do what I think one of my favorite parts from your work uh, sounds like is you you go around and you give all these amazing speeches and you do appearances and. You, you do panels for athletes or um, in, in other areas, and that's how I first met you. Yeah. And then you also work with children and, <laughs> and inspire them. And I just love seeing videos of the little kids who look at you and you're like a hero to them. And what an amazing way to, um, to inspire like values and, and compassion and fearlessness in children than by looking at somebody like as big and strong and kind as you are when you're a kid. Yeah. I, I, I will say this. I never ever in my life wanted to be a teacher. I never would understand why people would choose that career. Mm -hmm. uh, but when I had the opportunity to speak uh, to, uh, I met some incredible kids throughout my journeys of speaking around the world. Um, but uh, even more recently, when I had opportunity to speak to a, a group of fifth graders, uh, it by far, this is an entire classroom of fifth graders, probably about 30 kids, it by far was the most rewarding talk I have. And I have talked to thousands and thousands of people, adults in academic settings to uh athletic settings to vegan settings. I done talked to some of everybody across the world uh, giving keynote speeches. By far, the fifth graders has been my favorite. Uh, and it truly, uh, you, you can't, I, I can only tell everybody that my experience, seeing their faces light up and the answers to those genuine organic questions that they had. They, and they're so smart. Oh my God, these kids are so unbelievably <laughs> smart. They had their little laptops, and they, they, they all, all and I, I, I asked them all at the end of my talk, like, what do they all want to be? All of them know what they wanted to be already, except for two, and and the, even those two pretty much had to figure it out. They just was like, you know, they they on the fence about a couple, couple of different uh -huh. fields, but they are so advanced. They're so intelligent. They so. It's just amazing. And these are all omnivore kids I was talking to. These were not vegan kids. But these are all omnivore kids. And it was the best uh, talk and experience to this day I have had with any audience in the world. So if you ever get the t luxury to speak to a group of kids, it would truly, uh, it, re it almost remind me of the, the day it, I met Scruff. You know what I mean? Like it was just, it was a, it was brand new. It took me off guard. <laughs> it took me all guard. I did. So it's top five memories I have in my life, uh, uh, far as the positive memories that I I can say was an amazing experience. It was truly amazing. I'm looking forward to talking to more kids. Yeah, I love it. And for some reason, 
uh, it doesn't surprise me because from hearing you describe your experience at first meeting Scruff and just connecting with animals in general and hearing you describe um, that your ability of seeing and feeling the energy in people, what is the better way to connect than with somebody who is so pure and yet untethered by the, you know, stereotypes and whatever thoughts of self-deprecation that we put in our heads when we grow up or to-do lists or multitasking then connect with younger children who are so full of hope and just pure love and as you said like organic questions and are just still so authentic and being themselves it just sounds like a such a more pure level of energy it is and with your ability to see that it just seems like a natural click it, it was uh, yeah, it was amazing because they are truly genuine they're still innocent they haven't been corrupted. <laughs> they haven't been influenced. Uh, they they're like they're like animals, meaning they got their own personality, you know. And that's that's the beautiful thing. Uh, again, I think I'm not a parent, uh, uh, and so but I would think us as adults, parents or not, we sometimes don't stop to think that those little ones, you know, they're smarter than you think. And they have little personalities, and, and, and we should listen to them. We can learn a lot from them, just like we can learn a lot from animals. They're, they're to me, both are in the same uh, bucket with respect to uh, could sh surely uh, improve your communication and understanding as a decent human being in this mm -hmm. world, for sure. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm sure they love. What was the topic? Uh, well, the topic was just a lot, you know. Superman. Uh, <laughs> How to be about, Superman. Yeah, we talked about Superman. Yeah, for sure. We yeah <laughs> talked about animal agriculture. Talked about the fact that I'm a vegan. Mm -hmm. uh, talked about fact I was an entrepreneur uh, and stuff. Talked about a lot of those things. So some of the stuff that I, without me being too, um, too revealing of the harsh stuff like but they, they were allowed to listen to exactly you know parts of what's happening in animal agriculture but yeah we talked about a lot of that stuff about food about the world yeah a lot of good stuff yeah yeah okay let's talk about the social entrepreneurship part of it mm -hmm. uh, maybe let's mention the crazies and weirdos but i really want to get more into detail about eat what elephants eat yeah, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So for crazies and weirdos, uh, where did the name come from? Uh, where did it start, and what's your vision? Yeah, the name came from it's it's crazies and weirdos. Name has a few origin stories. Obviously, the one me being referred to as the crazy one and the weird one in the prison system. Mm -hmm. But a lot a lot of the credit goes to, uh, and then the other part is because people think vegans and uh, vegans are crazy and weird you know like we are oh those are crazy ones oh those are weird ones you know like it's almost like uh being sarcastic and being witty with owning our own title that mm -hmm. society puts stereotypes on top of our heads with but the the other third part and the mo the, the realest part of where crazy and where those really comes from is is gruff uh she is uh, she would me and my ex we would sit uh, we had a long day at work, you know, we, we lived in New York and uh, when we uh, 
have our pint of Van Leeuwen's vegan ice cream, <laughs> uh, <laughs> watching a movie or whatever on TV, uh, and we'll get Scruff a treat, and she would, every time we get her a treat, one of her favorite treats, uh, she'll grab it. Uh, I, and this is a family set, and we just all, just the three of us. And, and keep in mind, this is a small one-bedroom apartment in New York and three alphas, right? I'm an alpha, my ex was an alpha, and Scruff is an alpha. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so it's a very interesting dynamic there, but we, uh, but she would take the treat and go bury it. Like, it, she'll go, like, bury it, like, try to put it in the covers or try to, she used to scratch the floors, like, like you know, try to, like, bury it there. And it was like, and then we'll look at her scratching the floors, and she'll look at us like, she'll give us that look like, what the fuck y'all looking at? Like, you know, like, y'all got a problem? You know, like, you see me trying to bury this, and then and then go back to her business. Like, we was in her business, and then me and my ex was looking at each other. We look at her like, and my ex was like, yeah, she, she's a weirdo, that one right there. Like, that. And then she'll come, and then she'll go back in the bedroom, and then she'll come back out to see if we follow her. Like, oh, y'all not going to follow me? I'm just making sure y'all ain't following me. They go bury it in the, in the bedroom. And then my ex would yell out, you damn weirdo. Stop being a weirdo. Like, you know. <laughs> and then she's like, that's you. She's like, she got that personality from you. You the crazy one. You know, because my ex used to think I was crazy to give my time. I used to put so much time and energy into the community. I would travel for free. I would travel on my own dime. I would speak for free. All that stuff I was just doing pro bono for free, uh, just because I want the I wanted to, the world to know what I knew, and uh, and she felt like uh, the community was very unforgiving, and it was doing it was ta- taxing on me because I was still working a full time job, working forty hours a week, and so that name, the combination, made sense. I was like, huh, crazies and weirdos. So I created. It started off as a passion project. I never knew it was going to turn into what it did. But I wanted to raise funding for uh, uh, the uh, anti-poaching efforts that was happening in Africa for the, the elephants and the rhinos at the time uh, because poaching was at an all-time high. And I thought, what better way to do it? Because at that time, I had the largest vegan male account on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, what better way to use that luxury of having the largest platform on Instagram for vegans and, and, and as far as male is concerned than to... Uh, uh, raise funding through like a t-shirt campaign but I felt like all the t-shirts was corny it's like they they, they didn't fit me and my swag or, or who I was or mm-hmm. represent who I was you know all of them was corny saying not your mom milk type of stuff and these corny aggressive just frankly lame messages to me they were lame to me uh, they didn't represent Dominic who I was as a person and, and I thought what better way for me just to create one myself and I said, people just need to eat what elephants eat. And, and, and you know, similar to, you know, it, it's just like, boom, Einstein, light bulb came into my head. Like, just tell people to eat what elephants eat because they're the largest, strongest walking vegan vegans in the world mm-hmm. as far as land animals, you know, which is ridiculous, r- ridiculous. They're big and strong. They're mighty. They're majestic. They're awesome. Beautiful. beautiful. Smart, too. Intelligent. I can go on and on about those beautiful creations. And I I created that slogan. That was a brainchild of mine. And I said, let's slap it on the shirt. Uh, but the business part of me thought, like, we need some type of structure to just, like, put a, to push it. Like, you know, like, I just don't want to sell it on uh, some uh, third-party website. 
I just want to, so I want people to see the mission. Mm-hmm. Why? The why there. You know, why this is important. And I didn't know it was going to take off and go viral. And it took off. To this day, it's one of the top selling vegan shirts in the world. And one of the most bootleg vegan shirts in the world. Even Walmart is now selling it. And it's, Are you serious? Yeah, I'm dead serious. And I'm letting them do it. Uh, don't worry, we're going. My lawyer's going out to them. People, it, that's trademark. It's trademark. It's copywritten. It's it's secure by so many avenues. And 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 now it's uh uh even the name Eat Well Defense is now a Georgia company. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in a, we're a food and nutrition company. Uh, so yeah, that's how Crazies and Weirdos started. It started off as a passion project to raise funding. I put on that shirt, took a photo, posted on Instagram. And to this day, it's still one of the most shared photos of me, me having my gun up in that gray, tri-black, uh, EYLFNZ shirt. And uh, we never looked back with that. So, yeah. That's amazing. And now you see so many celebrities sporting, sporting your gear from crazies and weirdos, Miley Cyrus, mm-hmm. many others. Um, yeah. And then you're also saying that you're expanding now and you're, it's not just t-shirt, you're expanding fuller into the sustainable clothing, eco-friendly, organic cotton clothing business, right? Yeah, we we always been eco-sustainable. We had never had sweatshop clothing. Uh, all our clothes are handmade in the U.S., uh, primarily in New York, uh, from recycling organic materials. Even the printing is produced by solar power uh, panels, which mm-hmm. is a pretty amazing. Uh, our line of fabrics includes bamboo, organic cotton, recycled plastic, uh, a combination of those fabrics, hemp, is one of our best sellers, uh, and now we're expanding to the casual line where you can get these clothing, uh, casual our casual shirts, and we're also uh, expanding into shoes and coats. I'm looking forward to jumping, uh, releasing our cope line uh, next winter. So that's going to be dope. Yeah, that's really exciting. I have the one of the gray tanks that says uh, "Feed a Girl Vegan Diet and Watch Her Take Over the World." Yes. I love it. Feed, feed a girl vegan food and vegan watch her take, right. yeah, yeah, take over the yeah, world. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That, that's one of my favorites too. Yeah, yeah I love yeah. it. And all the styles are really cool. And it's uh, crazysandweirdos.com, right? Yeah, crazysandweirdos.com. Yep. Okay, and then so now, yeah. starting January first. You have launched Eat What Elephants Eat Food and Nutrition Program. Yeah, it, well, I launched Eat What Elephants Eat Food and Nutrition Company. And company. the first line of what I call solutions, not lines of service, but a line of solution, is the Nutrition and Wellness Program. It's a true, unique program, one of its kind, where you just go in there, fill out a, a question, an easy questionnaire, a user-friendly questionnaire. It takes you about five minutes. You fill this out. You tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, and this is for no matter your diet. You can be a vegan. You could be a pescatarian. You could be an omnivore. Mm-hmm. You can be any any type of person. You could, uh, Whether you're a college student, a working professional, whether you're a family of four, whether you're an athlete, whether you're on a budget or not on a budget. If you got 10 minutes in the kitchen or 100 minutes in the kitchen, we design and customize your specific meal plan and program for you specifically, you Jane Doe or John Doe, you and only you, uh, and you can re- remove up to 700 ingredients. If you don't like soy, we can remove soy. If you don't like nuts, we can remove nuts. If you don't even like something as little as cherries or tomatoes, we can remove that and produce this amazing day by day recipes mm-hmm. tailored to for you to hit your fitness goal. Whether you want to be lean or you just want to save animals or just uh, eat healthier, we got you. And, we, and it's backed by 
a team of food coaches are, that are there for you 24-7 around the clock through chat, through email, and even Monday through Friday, you have access to them if you want to give them a call. They are there to really uh, support you, truly support you. We are definitely there to serve you. Uh, and, and this is our the biggest passion for Eat Well FNC and the primary goal for every team member and me is to not only make plant-based eating accessible, but more importantly, affordable. And that has been a problem we have seen in our community. Not enough inclusivity, uh, not enough access, uh, and this is our way of uh, making it happen. Yeah. And what a cool resource to have. I mean, so many people, I'm sure, have asked you, and I know we've talked about it before, but people see you on Instagram and see your workouts and, you know, seeing your amazing physique. And, of course, everybody's curious, what do you eat and where do you get your protein? <laughs> <laughs> and now, like, what, what a better way to serve your community than to provide them with the recipes and the healing, nourishing exactly foods. Exactly what I eat, yeah. The type of foods eat. I eat, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, this has been the, a long-burning uh, uh uh, folk tale of what does Dom really eat? <laughs> does he really drink whey protein shakes? Does he take steroids and all of this stuff? And and now here you have it. I'm, I'm giving up the secret sauce. But wait, but where sauce. do you get your protein? <laughs> yeah, from from the the number one source of nutrition in the world, which is plants. That's actually uh, one of our mantras. You know, powered by that plants specifically. Uh, and you too can get it no matter what, no matter where we are there. All you got to do is click on our website and we're going to get you, our, uh, definitely get you, uh, do our damn best to get you to that next level for sure. That's such an amazing resource and it's really affordable as well because I was, I was browsing mm -hmm. the, the website as well. It is very affordable. Programs like this usually cost people anywhere between 50 to up to $200 a month. You know, this is a program you can pay $14 a month for, 14 to $15 a month for. Uh, that's inexpensive, considering the fact that you have over 2,000 plant-based recipes at a click of your computer or your smartphone with a full line of your personal food coaches for $14 a month exactly. or $100 a year. Uh, there's no other program out there like that. No the one can support, beat that. The yeah. support that you have and the ability to call and talk to a human and ask a question. I mean, yep. when people are transitioning to a new diet, they have no idea. They walk into a store trying to buy some groceries and they don't yep. even know where to start. Absolutely. And to have this resource and having that being backed up by you and supporting the mission that you have been advocating for for 17 years. I mean, it's major. Yeah, even down to the macronutrients. All of that's listed out. You can see exactly what you're getting if you are that analytical. Like, it's just truly dope. And if you are someone that, because a lot of us work remotely from home these days, and even if you are not trying to go out in the world, you just want to be an introvert for the day, that's fine. <laughs> We had a, a, a very vir a virtual cart that's pretty impressive where we partner up with your, the local TPA, whether it be Amazon or uh, Instacart, that can deliver that those ingredients directly to your door. It's pretty dope. Yeah. That is really cool. Yeah. Okay. And so what are some of your favorite recipes? I already know what my favorite <laughs> recipe from your program is, but what are yours? Well, my flagship one, my signature one that I actually posted online recently. You guys can find it. It's the OG uh, original Eat Well Offensive Bowl. 
I make about 10 different bowls of Eat Well If It's Eat bowls, uh, different styles, but that's my favorite by far. It's the one I eat the most. Uh, and that's fill, that's a bowl of leafy greens, specifically two strands of kale. And then everything's organic, uh, filled with chickpeas, sauteed chickpeas, avocado, uh, tomatoes, uh, pistachios, uh, tempeh, uh, seasoned and sauteed tempeh, uh, organic Japanese sweet potatoes. Uh, and it's and it's drizzled it's drenched by uh, a my vegan ranch dressing that I make from scratch too as well uh, as well as with barbecue sauce if I'm feeling uh, oh my god I want it for my birthday <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll get yeah, the cake yeah it's pretty good right you had it yes, so yeah it's it pretty is good. amazing yeah it's, it's my favorite it's it's by by far my favorite out of all of them hands down yeah I love it. And that, what can you talk about the vision a little bit further out? Uh, absolutely, yeah. So we're like I said, this is our first line of uh, solutions to the world, and uh, we're coming out with superfoods that you can add to your smoothies, and that's a range of products from uh, raw cacao to hemp seeds to goji berries, all that good stuff you would add uh, to your your smoothies. Or, to make your protein and all of that, your plant-based protein and stuff. Uh, and we and then we're also going to be coming out with a cup of juice and smoothie bars, uh, followed by some cookbooks uh, and, and the line of restaurants. Like this is the, this is the, in the next two to three years, we got a lot of good stuff coming down the line. We, we love to see. Yeah. I'm really excited about it. Welcome to Atlanta, Dominic. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I love it. We needed you here. Um, <clears throat> so, I want to talk about uh, the topic of diversity, and I know that's something that you're very passionate about, especially as it pertains to the the vegan movement. Um, as we both know, there is not enough conversations happening around that, and I also know that's something that you're very passionate about. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I, I over the years have seen uh, this community grow in a lot of ways for the good. And in a lot of ways for the bad and um, like all communities and, and industries we have our problems share problems and stuff like that um, and it's one thing to address it and, and to circle back to it but it's another thing to address a major issue like this a lack the lack of it, inclusive inclusive content and and diversity in our uh, uh, in our community specifically uh, and that's, it's just not enough people, vegans of color, uh, being represented uh, in the media, uh, not enough businesses that are run by vegans of color being represented in the media. Um, and the stereotype, the historical stereotypes are still there. Uh, people, uh, I can't tell you how many times after my travels, people that was not aware of me now aware of me, like, I never knew that people like you from humble beginnings are vegan or I never knew, I thought I always thought it was a white thing. And and we, as a community, I think sometimes get caught in our bubble. We get caught up in the hype and we, especially if we live in progressive cities where we do have a very supportive sub-community of the community and you don't see a lot of these other social issues going on because this stuff is having an impact on other communities too. And it's very important for us to dial into that and be empathetic to people in the world. There are Dominics in the world that are struggling uh, 
to get to school and, and walk it past corners filled with gangs and they don't know where their next meal come from. They got to make a way. They got school on one end and then they got to go sell a nickel or dime or try to get a job and they're only 10 years old. I mean, they're trying to figure it out, figure out the life and they can't get a job at 10. So I think a lot of us don't realize that some of us are a privilege and we don't understand that not everyone has access to these resources or more importantly, the education or to see someone that looks like them in the position of leadership or influence. And if we're going to grow as a community, it's very critical that we have uh, some initiatives put in place where we do highlight and show more that we all come from various backgrounds, colors, um, and different genders. Uh, and that's the only way we're going to grow rapidly as a community if we're serious about growing. Because right now, it does feel like it's more of a uh, you can't sit with us type of thing, mm. you know, unfortunately. And I already see that how much that you do in <clears throat> order to kind of fight that issue, you know, with making your food and nutrition program so affordable to others with your speaking engagements and speaking all over the world and speaking out on behalf of other communities and also working with people from from different backgrounds. Um, but what do you think the rest of us can do to help um, transcend the, the boundaries between the different communities within the vegan community so we can get more engagement and buy-in and more education into the other communities that need it most? Yeah, I would say educate yourself about those systems and how the system has does oppress a certain groups of people around the world, uh, not just here in the U.S. It's, it's a worldwide issue. Uh, learn that uh, and educate your audience on that. Because there's things that you can go say to your group of peers, colleagues, that they might not never knew. And they might be like, huh, it, it, a light bulb goes out, and then they'll get more active and speak out about it. And then you can educate it or post about it. Uh, it definitely helps to have people that do come from privilege uh, as allies, really trying to uh, get those conversations started. Because a lot of people are, there are a lot of closed-minded people, but there's just a lot of people just like there are a lot of omnivores that just have yet to make the connection. They're mm -hmm. genuine good people, and, and this is not attacking people. I think it's great you, if people come from privilege. I, I can only imagine my life if, if it would have came, if I would have came and had these resources and the support system and have both parents around. I have nothing against that. Kudos to those people. That's the way it should be. That's the way in the perfect world it would be. But in the real world, it's not. It's a luxury for some people just to have one parent in the home, uh, let alone two. Uh, so I would just say educate yourself on that and really uh, help support and those people, uh, those small um, uh, businesses and entrepreneurs uh, get their message out there, support their product, support their passion and their mission and what they're trying to do and introduce your community to them in, a, in some capacity. The ones that are truly genuinely trying to do similar things that you're trying to do and really, which is change the world, shake up the world. Yeah. What is the big long-term vision that you see or what is what is your mission as Dominic Thompson or as crazy as the weirdos that it's what elephants eat and... What is your big mission that you look in, like the perfect world that you're walking towards? I, my, I, I, it's a lot of different missions. That's that's honestly a, a, a question I can't really answer because I'm living my mission, doing all I can right now to uh, truly make an impact on the world. And I would be a happy 
person once this shell of a body of mine expire to see at least 50% of the world plant-based and, and transcending that because that would help heal the world and renew it and restore it for sure. Yeah. Another question that always pops up when I think about you is um, I think it's great to get enlightened, right? Like to, to have to be brought to your knees by, by life circumstance, circumstances and have this drive to to make a change and then you start going to work and then you're you encounter all these barriers and the motivation starts wearing off um but how do you how do you keep your drive and i know there there are many things that fell out of place and then fell into place for you to be where you are today and to make the decisions that you make today but how do you i mean your your energy levels like every time i hear you like your vision gets bigger and you're even more motivated and driven to do the work that you do than I I've heard you last time and like you go on this endless trips and you give this talks like where's the drive coming from a lot of what I know of the world and all the industries and you're right a lot of it stems from my experience I've, I, I've been you would need to really go to the darkest corner of the world in your own life and, you know not in my life but whatever the darkest moment you ever had if you ever had one as an individual and you're and you the listener uh, something sometimes when you hit rock bottom truly rock bottom hit the floor like there's nothing underneath that floor but death uh, it triggers you to respond because there's only one way to go from there and that's up and I and I, I I never ever forget my beginnings and my my humble back my humble beginnings and and what I've been through. I think about that every day. I still had dreams about being still locked up. It's almost surreal. Like you know, that experience alone is keeps me to keep going. And the fifty billion plus animals in the world that I know are being destroyed annually for an outdated system that deem it as food is what keeps me going. It's a lot of things that keep me going. And there's only one way you can move and that's in the right direction. And I I I choose to move in that path and and that's what's inspired me. Yeah, honestly honestly that's what gets me going. Just there's no back. You know, there's it's a one way ticket. I, I had I had round trip ticket before. <laughs> it's been one way tickets since I left jail. Okay. I'm not looking back. Yeah, that's real. I think, I think what I admire about you is your ability to keep perspective. I think it's the best way that I can put it. Because I, I, I don't, I don't know if you realize or if you had that experience or thought of other people. But I've been around other people who've hit the lowest of low, mm -hmm. and then when the life gets comfortable, they tend to forget about it. Yeah. And you don't seem to. No, because uh, I'm nowhere. It's so much work to do. I think that's what people don't see. Like at least in my line of work, it's 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 never no work to do. You know, like this is it's it's even doing this podcast is important for listeners to hear. Uh, and it's always never a dull moment. It's always something to do for sure. Yeah. I love it. I really appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
So you have a podcast coming out soon too. Yeah, yeah, I do. It's called uh, Dominic Thompson, an elephant in the room. <laughs> Another genius name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's I you know it because it I, I think it's properly titled because what I'll be talking about on that platform is things that people inside of the communities I belong to uh, that are not they're just not comfortable talking about and people outside of the communities that I belong to are not comfortable. Uh, talking about it's going to be some stuff that people do talk about but a lot of the stuff is is truly the elephant in the room it is and uh, i'm looking forward to introducing it to the world it comes out this month that's really exciting is there somewhere that they should be looking for it i'm sure no just probably... yeah just follow me on instagram Keep i'll make that announcement on instagram yeah it's no no specific website you can follow uh, uh, right now. I'll announce it on Instagram with all the uh, ways you can connect with it because we definitely going to need you all to connect with it, uh, to help support it. Uh, the stuff, uh, uh, it, it def it's definitely a community effort. I'm definitely going to need the support for sure. Hell yeah. Yeah. That is going to be exciting. Um, okay. So, and you know, people are going to kill me if I don't ask, but tell me, what is your workout routine looking like, kind of, or if you have any suggestions? Well, right now I'm just lifting heavy, very heavy, and eating a lot of uh, food and plant-based food and stuff like that. And I'll start doing some endurance, start back doing my endurance training next month in February. Uh, uh, I'm very unorthodox at the at the moment, meaning. Uh, that's how I keep my body from growing. I keep, I don't I don't like routine when it comes to training. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I, you know, you gotta switch it up. You gotta shock the muscles. You gotta shock the body and stuff like that. And usually, my training I might have some basics, cores, you know, like compound movements. And even when I'm doing triathlon training, bikes, swim, run, but it's not gonna be the same routine for that week. It'll switch up, you know, in those areas mm -hmm. per se. So that's that's one of the secret sauces of my training. <laughs> what are the secret sauces to your daily food routine other than that being plant-based? Uh, you know, I, I, I like a lot of, I, I use a lot of hemp seeds uh, in my smoothies. I love smoothies. I love bowls. Uh, and when they're in season, and, and when I'm in specific endurance training, this is no secret, I love to do a lot of juicing with watermelons. Mm -hmm. I love to drink a lot of watermelons and stuff like that during my endurance training. So, yeah, yeah, and that's a, a big part of my staple. So, yeah, for sure. Okay. and Oh, and chickpeas. People, Look, I eat chickpeas almost every day. Chickpeas are life. Yes. <laughs> I love me some chickpeas. I love it. So, I we've heard how hardworking you are, and I'm hearing you have a very, very strict and mean boss, meaning you. Mm -hmm. for yourself and you're on yourself to work every day for many hours but how do you how does Dominic have fun what does fun look for you you know fun is connecting with the world like I, I am doing it, it's kind of fun uh there there are moments like I am human I have challenges too uh and frustration wait but... you're human <laughs> <laughs> I thought you're not part from human. earth yeah part human <laughs> uh but yeah fun for me uh, it's, it's connecting with like-minded. So fun for me is talking to the, those people after my talks uh, and engaging. But um, 
I love dancing. You guys see me dancing. I was hoping videos. you're gonna say that. Yeah, yes, I, I, I want to talk about your dance career. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love to move my body. I love to move my body. I love me a good uh, on the weekend after a long hard uh, uh, work week. Uh, either a good glass of, of wine or tequila is my jam. I love me a, a good glass of tequila. Uh, um, but when I'm in the kitchen, anytime I'm cooking in the kitchen, no matter if it's a Monday, Wednesday. Thursday or a weekend, I'm a, I got some music playing and I love to dance. That's fun for me. Yeah, and trail running is fun to me. I love running on trails that I've never been on before because it's all new. Mm -hmm. It's exciting. Uh, it's mysterious. You know, and uh, it's rewarding for me to do trail running. That's also fun for me. Uh, and and discovering new um, recipes that are creative recipes or creating in general my own new creative recipes such as you never had a waffle like you have mine that comes from juice beets and watermelons you know what I mean like that's the my one of my signature waffles like I, I like being creative in the kitchen yeah I do I think the kitchen is that sounds amazing a fun place to be if you if you and we all got busy lives but uh, uh it's a fun place to be when you get the chance to do it so yeah, instead of instead of spending my night at a club for fun, I would rather spend my night in my kitchen creating a recipe with a glass of wine and dancing. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. There's something really cool and peaceful about cooking and making food, and it's like it's creative and it's it's calming, and at the same time you're like putting love into this nourishment that then you get to share with somebody yeah. like what what more of a beautiful living art there is yeah yeah especially if you do have the opportunity to share you know like with yeah. people like i i i eat it obviously uh, uh you know i'm single i don't share with no one so I, it's me just the little one i cook for the little one by the way the little one i cook for her all the time and she's like my personal. <laughs> oh yeah. She's my personal customer, like you know, like so. But yeah, just me. You got a hard job. Yeah, she has a hard <laughs> job. She is. She's the taster. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, but sharing those recipes with the world and seeing it, it's really dope to see people tagging me like, ah, oh, I got this recipe for you, elephants eat. That's pretty amazing to see that. And to see people creating my recipes in their own kitchens. That is awesome. Yeah. So go to what is it kitchen dot no eatwhatelephantseat uh, dot com eat dot com yep. sign up yep. get the recipes make the recipes yes. and then tag Dom in the pictures of tag the beautiful tag eat eat don't tag me tag, just kidding yeah <laughs> tag <laughs> eatwhatelephantseat it's a simple way to find us yeah tag us uh, we would love to see uh, those dishes I'll see them uh, for sure. Okay, I have one more question that I want to ask that I usually close with, but is there anything that you want to share with the world or last words of wisdom? Um, I would just say, um, you know, every day you have a new day to be greater than you were the day before. And I would just say, just keep that in mind that uh, life doesn't, it's not easy, it isn't. Some of us are late bloomers. Some of us have opportunities that don't others have. But don't ever give up on life. You know what I mean? Like, I I consider myself a late bloomer. You know, I really found my, my footing. And you can too. Never give up on that no matter your age. And just continue to be the best person you can be every single day. Yeah. I love it. 
Thank you so much. So the name of the podcast is Follow Your Kind. And um, I think I'm we're aligned uh, in a sense that we believe that people are brought into this world being kind, but then through the series of different experiences, we sometimes unlearn that, or maybe we're not fully connected with the consequences of our actions. So it's about inspiring through your personal example, inspiring kindness in others, and hopefully um, inspiring them to re-examine their actions and be kind in their own way. And that's mm. how following your kind comes into play. I love it. Um, thank you. What does kindness means? What does kindness mean for you? And uh, what is your way of expressing it in daily life? I, I, I think just doing anything you can to realize that it, it costs absolutely nothing to be kind. Nothing. It's, it's nothing. And you'll be so surprised to see the reward when you do. The universe will truly pay you for that, I can promise you. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you for everything you do, for all the change you're bringing to the world and to Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for dedicating your time to this conversation today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Isn't he amazing? I really hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you're not already, follow him on Instagram at Dums, D-O-M-Z, Thompson, as well as Facebook, and check out uh, his websites for crazysandweirdos.com and eatword what elephants eat that come and sign up for that uh, food and nutrition program and if you have any suggestions for me for the questions and areas of exploration as well as guests please email me at christina and that is k-r-y-s-t-y-n-a at followyourkind.com and if you care to do so please leave me a review it greatly helps the podcast and its visibility I hope you have a wonderful day, wonderful week, and an amazing year full of miracles and wonderful people and awesome plant-based foods.